I didn't even know what an artist was until my principal told me in the first grade. We had a classroom project. Everybody was supposed to draw a farm animal. I drew a cow. And uh, to be realistic, I put the udders under the cow. And uh, at the end of the day, we turned our work in. And the next, next day, the teacher said, the principal wants to talk to you. <laughs> about your artwork. <laughs> I uh -oh. said, oh, I put those udders on there. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. And he, he came in, he asked me to explain my painting to him. And I explained it to him the best way I could. And he said, young man, you're a wonderful artist. He said, can I have this? And I was so surprised. He said, yeah, you can have it. And uh, leaving his office, I was all pumped up. And I, I was going to say, that's a, yeah. such a great <laughs> feeling to get. I said to myself, I said, he thinks there's, there's something. He ain't seen nothing yet. Welcome to St. Louis In Tune. I'm your host, Arnold Stricker, along with co-host Mark Langston. St. Louis In Tune focuses on issues that impact and connect the greater St. Louis area. Our topics include the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. Our guest, Dexter Silvers. He's an artist in the Grove. And again, I had a great time with him. I saw his work online through uh, a, an advertisement that Cam was putting on, the Com Contemporary Art Museum of St. Louis. And they had canceled their show, and I was looking at a variety of the artists' work, and I saw Dexter's, and I was like, man, I really like this. So I called him up, and he was like, oh, okay, you know. And then he called me back, and he said, yeah, you can come over. I think he did his checking out on me to make sure I was oh, legit. I, I would have. Yeah, I would have too. <laughs> and so we had a great time yesterday. We spent, oh, my gosh, uh, two and a half, three hours together. It was a great time. So I hope that you enjoy this interview. We walk into his studio it's an old confectionery. He lives next door. He's going to talk about a painting that he did that's an heirloom of his family's because it's the confectionery is his studio now. Next door was his mother's house. The house next to that was his house and his studio. And he has this painting, and I'll show Mark here uh, while everybody's listening to the interview. But he does a variety of things. He grew up in Crestwood, went to Lindbergh High School, is self-taught. And there's some very interesting lessons that he gives us along the way. As a caveat to give you for your listening pleasure, just remember we both had masks on. Uh -huh. He's moving in and out, back and forth, looking at art, pulling art out. Mm -hmm. uh, we went outside. We went inside. There's background music playing because he likes that jazz music playing. It made him yeah. more relaxed, and I was more relaxed. Yeah. And you, you're in the environment. You go with the environment. Right, right. And so some of the audio is not the, the best. It's not studio ready. It's so I hope that you enjoy this interview with artist Dexter Silvers. So I see you've been, now you've been in this location, you said, for what, 45 years? About 45 years. I'm 46 now, yeah. Uh, I was a young man. Uh, my mother and father got a divorce, and my mother and her husband purchased this place. This, is, this used to be a, a confectionery. Okay. Oh, wow, look at that. This is a painting of my immediate environment. 
This is my studio. It used to be a confectionery, Maisie's confectionery. This is my mom's house, my mother. This is my house, my wife, myself. This was my studio at the time. This is my old van, the portable, <laughs> the portable <Yeah>. studio. <laughs> yeah. Now talk about that portable studio again, because you would you would use this portable studio to go to location where you painted. Mainly, yeah. Yeah, I could park right across the street from uh, my subject, and I look out the window and listen to music and drink a cold beer. Really relaxing atmosphere. And I, I enjoyed, you know, when we were talking earlier that you like to go to location because you can hear things, you can smell what you're doing. You know, the normal person doesn't get that. They may visually see something, but they're not... Is it because they're not absorbing the sounds or the smells of the environment or they're just not in tune to that? Or what, what do you think that is? I think by me being an artist, I get, I get a little deeper than the average person. You know? um, I, I find it hard to paint a landscape if I haven't been there. Matter of fact, a lot of people ask me right after 9-11, how can you even paint the towers, you know? as they were down, you know, and I said, well, I wasn't there. You know, I, I just can't paint it what I don't see or what I can't feel, you know. Do you do like to paint more scenes or landscapes or portraits, or do you have a preference? I specialize in landscapes. Okay. That's my strongest area. Um, in Kirkwood... Where I'm from, I painted quite a few landscapes of the environment. Uh, as a young man, I was uh, 15 or 16 years old, doing the same thing I'm doing now. I've improved quite a bit over the years, you know. Uh, but landscapes, I really feel comfortable doing landscape buildings, especially. Yeah, and uh. It seems to be working out pretty well. Yeah, so what, what is it about the buildings? Because as I look at this painting here, which, you know, you've got the confectionery, your mom's house, your house, and this is kind of the neighborhood, the van, and you've described the people here. What is it about the brickwork? Is it about just that it's everyday life, or what? Painting reality is, is what I like to do. I like to document history, mm. the moment. Mm-hmm. This particular painting was painted in 1991, and it's our family heirloom. We'll pass, I'll pass this down through the generations, and hopefully they can appreciate it. But this particular painting is my masterpiece, the masterpiece of my collection. This painting won first place at the St. Louis Artist Guild in 1992. Wow. Like all the way to the dog chasing the cat, the broken bottle in the curb, the limb here in the street, the cracks in the street, the depressions and where the oil stains on the street. That is just vibrant of, you know, and then you have another painting back here in the background where your studio is. And uh, the kids all playing out front. It's just, it 
just reflects, like you said, everyday life. Right. The kites. <laughs> there's there's a lot to see here. It's it reminds me of Norman Rockwell in looking at some of his scenes that he details things so much you really have to like look at it for a long long time to pick up everything that's there it's funny that you mentioned Norman Rockwell matter of fact Norman Rockwell was my idol I love Rockwell stuff my father used to get me books uh, posters calendars anything with Norman Rockwell on it and I kept wondering why he given giving me those items for a reason. Yeah. And a lot of people said it, my style is similar to Norman Rockwell's. Mm-hmm. I hear that quite a bit. <laughs> I, I look at this, Dexter, and, you know, the kids playing. It's so detailed. I can see St. Louis Cardinals, you know, the Kool-Aid kids. You know, they're here. They're playing uh, double dutch over here. <laughs> you know, over here on the stoop. There's a fire truck with a hook and ladder. It's just crazy, and you know the detail stuff. Like even back here. Well, I, I painted it exactly the way I saw it. Oh man! I enjoy painting it. I went right across the street over there in '91 when my kids were small, and I painted everything on this side of the street because I enjoyed doing it so much. I just, I just took my time and I perfected it make, to make everything just right the way it looked. Yeah. These are actual portraits. These are my sons. I oh. built I built a Kool-Aid stand for them. Cool. And they were selling Kool-Aid with fruit cocktail in the bottom for 25 cents a cup. <laughs> oh. And there's a portrait of my mother. And uh, this is when the Simpsons first came out. Right. I got Bart Simpson on his shirt. Right. Yeah. And when I have classes here, I tell all my students, I say, find something in here. Y'all get up here and find, see who was the first one who could find the football. And everybody goes over and they start (laughs) looking at, and and whoever finds it first, like they get a dollar. And just make it fun. Right, right. Enjoyable, entertaining. I was looking online, the uh, classes that you have, where you do a kids thing and you also do an adult thing. You're right. Yeah. yeah. The, the sip and dip and and, and the sip. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot of fun. We do. It looks like it. We do. We uh, we can we can accommodate up to ten people in here. We used to be able to accommodate up to twenty people because of the pandemic. You know. We right. Follow the guidelines. And uh, for larger for larger groups, you want to step out here? Sure. We're going to accommodate more people back here. Oh, wow, look at this. Oh, man, that's cool. Uh, we got a, we got an open bar back there. You can, you can cook your food here. And the barbecue looks really nice at night when the neon lights are lit yeah, up. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, fun atmosphere to be in. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to, people have to have fun. Sure. You know, uh, it, it can't be like this, oh, you know, I'm going to paint be very intense about it. You no, have to be relaxed. No, no, Here at Dexter's Art Studio, we make sure that people have a good time. That's that's a priority. You know, and they learn something as they're, as they're having fun. And that's what we want. And um, because of the pandemic, things, business has slowed down. Mm-hmm. 
you know, people are afraid. But um, nevertheless, you know, we we uh, we do our part to, to advertise and, and let people know where we're at. So if people wanted to bring a group like some friends or a work group here, they could do that? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we had several parties. Uh, they weren't they weren't related to the art. People just want to come have a good time in a nice atmosphere. Right. Yeah. Now, do they bring their own food and cook it here, or do you cook, or how's that work if they want food and the buffet kind of deal? Well, it depends. With family, everybody chips in, and we fill the buffet table up full of food. Mm-hmm. But my guess, for the art class, they can bring their own hot dogs or um, something that can be cooked pretty quick, you mm-hmm. know. We paint for two hours, and after that two hours is up, you know, everybody, uh, they sign their paintings, we take a group photograph, and they get a little carrying bag to carry their art home, and, you know, so it's, it's uh, Everything is working out pretty good. And they paint something that they're interested in, or do you have like a focal point that you want them to uh, uh, paint towards? Sometimes they have their own ideas, and they'll send it to me. Sometimes I tell them, look on the wall and see what's available. These are smaller paintings on the wall. These are the ones that we can use, you know, we can use... Uh, at our painting session, we have stencils of everything. So if you pick out something that you like, I'll pull the stencils and I'll show you how to paint. I paint and they follow my lead. And I guide them and instruct them and help them every step of the way. I want them to leave out with a product that they can be proud of. So where would you get all your training from? I'm self-taught. Wow. My mother and father were artists, and uh, all of my kids are artists. They got it honest. They grew up in an environment of art from day one, you know. (laughs) But uh, nobody has the passion that I had when I was a kid coming up, you know. My son, Junior, his style is so similar to mine, but he doesn't have a passion for it, you know. He, he does it and don't he thinks nothing of it, you know. <laughs> He's driving an eighteen wheeler. He prefers to do that. Man, that's okay. That's fair. Right, right. <laughs> that's it. That's his art at the time. That's right. <laughs> so, did you show, or I guess probably better word would be, did you demonstrate when you were in elementary and junior high and high school? Well, this kind of talent? Did you take all those art classes when you got to high school at Lindbergh? I actually, I didn't even know what an artist was until my principal told me in the first grade. We had a classroom project. Everybody was supposed to draw a farm animal. I drew a cow. And uh, to be realistic, I put the udders under the cow and um, at the end of the day, we turned our work in, and the next, next day, the teacher said, the principal wants to talk to you about your artwork. Like, I said, oh, I'll put those udders on there. <laughs> I'm in big trouble. 
And he, he came in, he asked me to explain my painting to him. And I explained it to him the best way I could. And he said, young man, you're a wonderful artist. He said, can I have this? And I was so surprised. I said, yeah, you can have it. And uh, leaving his office, I was all pumped up. And I, I was going to say, that's a, yeah. such a great <laughs> feeling to get. I said to myself, I said, he thinks there's, there's something. He ain't seen nothing yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just give it a few years here. Right. <laughs> That's how it started. Wow. But uh, I got I got a lot of good memories. You know, uh, people starting to notice that I was uh, gifted. I kept uh, I, I kept at it, you know. And, I would, I, would, I, would, I would draw on the back of people's T-shirts uh, in order to get lunch money, you know, in junior high. And in school, uh, they, the teachers had me do a large mural for the, for the, um, for the Christmas play. And uh, it was little things like that that kind of steered me in the right direction, you know. That's when I realized what I wanted to do. I wanted to pursue my art career. So did you just, did you go to school? Did you do any other training after that? College? Or did you talk to other artists and be mentored in some things? Or? Well, actually, I, I formed an organization. Yeah, an organization of uh, consisted of uh, approximately uh, 10 to 15 artists in, here in the city. And... Um, I had a, a great time with them. Got a chance to meet other artists, you know, and uh, we made quite a few accomplishments together as a team. But I decided to go solo. Now I've been solo for about uh, maybe twenty years now. Now, when you look back on your artwork, and I'm sure you have some from when you first started to like now. What do you see in the maturity of your craft? Well, looking back at my work now that I did earlier, I see a lot of errors, you know. And a lot of them didn't make sense. Something was off, you know. It wasn't. You learn from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. And I think that that was a training period for me to learn how to paint, you know. But now... Uh, I have a whole different frame of mind. I, I must make my paintings uh, say something. It's like a painting tells a thousand words, you know, and it's, it's, I, people need to read my paintings and understand. You know, it shouldn't be difficult to comprehend. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I'm thinking about burning them, you know, because I don't want to leave here. Oh, no, 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 no. Don't burn them. Bury them or burn them or something. No, 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 no. I don't no. want anybody to see. <laughs> what, the old ones or the new ones? The old ones. <laughs> oh, no, it, it shows a progression. You know, I think all artists, even musicians, uh, dancers, anybody who's in the arts might look back at their early days and go, what was I thinking? Right. Or, you know, um, wow, I couldn't do that, or I thought I could do that, but I'm still working on that, or... Yeah. I can't believe I sounded like that or, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know. So, no, I would, it it's, it's shows a, a depth and a growth that, and I think people, you know, I don't know what people think about artists or musicians or 
dancers that all of a sudden it happens. Like when I watch the Olympics and I watch ice dancing or the people who who do the ice stuff, I'm like, when it looks like that's so easy, yeah, it's really hard, and it took them a long time to get to that level. That's right. a level that is just beyond most most people and so when i look at art or i listen to a singer sing or a dancer dance and it's fluid and it's almost perfect i'm like that's something that took a long long time to develop it's just not i'm pulling out of my back pocket and and doing it like that and boom here we go well you know as my kids started getting older after a painting i would have them inspect it and I gave them 25 cents for every flaw they could find. And they would find with a fine tooth comb, you know. Once once they ran out of... <laughs> well, then I said, okay, well, it's complete now. Now I can go ahead and frame it and put it on exhibit. <laughs> that's, that's good for them, especially if they're artists, you know. Sure. Yeah. It helps that eye. Huh? It helps their eye. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now when I ask their opinion, they still want that twenty-five cent. About that. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't upped it to, to you know a dollar for every error or five dollars for every error. Yeah, but this is a wonderful profession to be in, you know. And I thank the Lord. The Lord has given me this wonderful gift, and I thank Him every day. It's important that when the Lord blesses you with something, that you utilize it, and He's. Um, He's blessed me all of this time. I never would have dreamt that one day the same place where I used to work here in this studio, used to be a grocery store, would one day be my studio. You know? Everything simply just falls in place when the Lord steers you in the right direction. You know? And, and And when you're willing to be steered. Willing to be steered. Thank Him and testify. Let people know, hey, God is good. Yes. God is good. He's real. Yes, he is. I'm a perfect example of what the Lord is capable of doing to an ordinary individual. He can make ordinary people extraordinary. Yeah. Isn't that something? It don't cost a dime. That's right. This is what I do best. This is what I do best. And it's, it's so easy for me to do it. You know, and I amaze myself. Wow. How did that happen? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, show me more. Okay, come on. Let's see more. You have a very gentle spirit. Well, thank you. And and by me being able to to get people's attention, and I can be a voice, you know, and I can Mm -hmm. spread the good news Mm -hmm. and, and give everybody my point of view mm-hmm. and, and p- perhaps give somebody else to lift right and, and show you know be a light be a beacon of light right you know, positive anyway I brought you back here to show you the ad my paint this is titled all aboard the president yeah that was also painted on location I unveiled the painting there. They had a, a reception for me. I had an exhibit there at the, t- at the time. And uh, this. There it is. Yeah, this is the advertisement. Wow. Letting people know that I was giving a show down there. 
a one-man show. Now that, that was quite an honor. That is. And uh, let me show you more. So your favorite medium is it oils? Oil on canvas. Okay. These are these are paintings that I'm, I'm working on. This is how I start out. I create the background first. Mm-hmm. And then I I select the subject and then I'll go ahead and. Uh, go on location and just uh, execute it, and it's uh, it's like anything else. You got to start with a foundation. Mm -hmm. I keep uh, maybe three or four of these on standby, so when I complete one painting, I can go right to this one. Or sometimes I might work on all three of them, all four of them at the same time. You know, how hard is that? Sometimes I'm, that's not hard at all. If I'm in the mood to to paint on one particular painting. Okay, you know, I gotta get exhausted from painting that on that. Then I go to another one, you know. Now, are things sometimes... I've heard this from artists that they'll have something they're working on for years because it's just not quite out of them yet. Do you experience that? Or do you know, like, okay, yeah, this one's done now? I painted at the art museum... I paint the art museum, and I've been working on it for four years. <laughs> and you, you never—it's hard to stop. You know, you gotta—you gotta pull plug sooner or later. You, you, know, you can't work on it forever, and you don't want to die, leave it unfinished. Right. You know, so that's what—that's one reason I'm doing this inventory because I'm going over each one of the paintings to make sure that they're presentable. Mm-hmm. I would hate to die and leave paintings unfinished, you know. The signature is so important. Yes. And the date, yeah. Yes. Do you date and sign on the front, on the back, or...? On the front. I try to incorporate my name into the painting, so you'll have to try to find it. Say, for instance, right here. I signed this one twice. On the back of my chair, mm-hmm. and also at the bottom of the Kool-Aid stand. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it is like a, kind of like a, uh, what do they call those hunts? A scavenger hunt. Scavenger hunt, yeah. And here, you can see it's on the side of the trash can. Mm-hmm. Here, it's in, uh, it's in the concrete. There it is, right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's kind of fun, you know. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, different kind of style here. Yeah, and I did that in 75. That's early Dexter? Yes, one of them. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and you were embarrassed by that? I, I didn't realize it, it was me until after I did it. I said, that's cool. I, I got the little pot belly now, and... <laughs> The brewery. Don't we all? I did that subconsciously. You know, I said, wow. And then, I don't know. I'll, I'll show it, you know, but just those are not the ones I'm talking about. But the ones that I'm talking about, they didn't make any sense at all, you know. Are they abstract or? Some of them, yeah. Some of them. And I kind of hide those, you know, out of view until I decide what I'm going to do with them, you know. 
It, well, was that a side that you were expressing yourself in that kind of, uh, what do I say? How visually you wanted to express yourself at the time? I think I was out of focus, and over the years I finally fine-tuned my craft. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, what, that's about the easiest way I can explain it. So do you ever want to go from something like this back to an abstract? If I, if I were, I'm not really up on abstracts, mm-hmm. but the paintings that I was telling you about, I was thinking about redoing them mm-hmm. using what I know today. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure I was, I, was, I was trying to deliver a message, but um, it wasn't coming over like I wanted it to. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Because you got abstract here. Yeah. You're going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all those guys that we we see that are the abstract artists, they can actually paint like that, too. Well, they're, they're, they can go traditional, my words. Yeah. Or they can go, I'll say modern, but for lack of better words. I've noticed that in, like, Picasso's work. Right. You know, right. Uh, he didn't just paint abstract. He was capable of doing other things, too. Right. Jackson Pollock, same way. Right, right. And I, I find it hard to just paint the same, the same style all the time because when you go to art exhibits, you know, you see artists with maybe uh, eight, eight to ten paintings, and they, they all look so similar. That would bore me, you know. I'm going to see what else I'm capable of doing, you know. I'm going to explore my mind and see what I can do, you know. Well, and that makes sense that when you said you like to go out to the site and paint rather than confine yourself to a studio and just look at a picture or rely on your memory that, you know, when you're on site, you're, like you said, you're taken in the sights, you're taken in the sounds, you're taken in the smells, and you, you that feeling, I think, that you want to portray on the canvas then really kind of bubbles up and is, my words, effervescent in you. Right, right. Speaking of that, my ultimate dream is to get an RV and go around the country and paint the landscapes. Ooh. Take it to a whole different level. Wow. I started out in my hometown this is a picture of me at 15 years old painting Kirkwood scenes. Wow. Now I'm painting St. Louis scenes. Yeah. And the next level, I'd like to get that RV and go around and paint the, paint the uh, landscapes in the, in the countryside. Is there a particular place that's kind of um, calling your name, like the Grand Canyon or Rocky Mountain National Park or a city like Washington, D.C. or San Francisco or something like that? Well, I really like vegetation and like trees, and I wanted to paint the redwoods. Ooh. <laughs> but I understand they, caught, they were on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's going to be out. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I want to paint um, the Cotton Club. Uh, uh, I want to paint... Um, I'm gonna go to paint. I'm gonna go to New York and do some painting. I want to paint Times Square. Mm-hmm. There's so many things. There's so many subjects that I would like to consider. Yeah. Have you been to other places to do that? I no, no. I think as far as I've been, as far as painting, I want to um, 
uh, I went down 55 to Crystal City, mm-hmm. and I painted the uh, 1993 flood. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I need to get out more and get, see the world, you know. And if I had an RV, I would be able to do that, you know, and do a portable studio. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Instead of my little van. You can really outfit that thing. Right. <laughs> so this is my first award. I'm in first place at the Green Tree Art Festival at 15. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I've just been painting ever since, you know. I paint all the time. You've got some awards here from the mayor, from uh, Mayor Bosley, and the St. Louis Art Museum, and uh, there's a proclamation from uh, Tom Villa, and uh, Quincy Art Club, Quincy, Missouri, or Quincy, Illinois. Illinois. Quincy, Illinois. And let's see, Office of the President, Board of Aldermen, that is, let's see if my eyes can, that's Jim Shrewsbury. Well, you got some good eyesight. Well, I'm, I just... <laughs> I got glasses on. I was, yeah, I was squinting. <laughs> so are you expecting a class in here sometime, or...? Uh, at any time. Any time. Uh, we, we, we mainly host classes on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-hour sessions, and... Uh, we we'll give them snacks, with uh, chips and salsa. Mm-hmm. You know, or they can bring their own food. Yeah, yeah. It works out fine. So your given name is Derek. Derek, right? My mother named me that, and it's on my birth certificate. <clears throat> and it wasn't until the sixth grade, when the t- my second day in class. Uh, my teacher was going down the road, naming, getting everybody, body, getting familiar with everybody's name. She said, Susie, Tommy, pointed at me and said, Dexter, John, Bob. And you looked around like, who? Right. I'm like, Dexter, nobody calls me that but my father, you know? And, uh, I decided then in sixth grade, I would use the name Dexter. Uh, as a fictitious name so in my business, you know. And I had a hard time getting people to call me Dexter because they were so used to me being Derek. Yeah. But, um... How about, do uh, you have siblings? Yeah. What'd they call you? Derek. Okay. Yeah, he was the only one calling me Dexter. And eventually it caught on, you know, and people started calling me Dexter. I didn't even know how to spell Dexter. <laughs> Oh, that was so embarrassing, but uh, well, I figured it out, you know, but, uh, you know, as a matter of fact, I'm putting that in my book. That needs to be, you know, documented. Oh, so now, now we've gone into a whole other area here. So you're doing a book now. Okay, tell me about this book. I'm, I'm just telling, telling my life story. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. How far along are you in the book? beginning stages yeah I got a lot to say you know are you you know typing it or are you writing it freehand I'm, I'm writing it freehand oh wow 
How about speaking into a recorder like we're doing? Well, I started talking to my phone, mm -hmm. you know, and I'll probably end up doing that. Um, but that's finding the time, you know, to, to, to document, you know, record. It's time consuming. I'm trying to paint and do other things too, you know, it's a slow process. But I realize I'm running out of time. Time is important. So, what what do you do as a kid? Um, you know, what do you remember growing up, other than maybe doing some artwork or being called Dexter by your teacher, which kind of shocked you? Do you do you remember some? Uh, what are some childhood memories? I just I really like to draw. I would on Saturdays I would uh, get a bowl of cereal and sit in front of the TV set with a sketch pad, and I would draw the characters on cartoon uh road runner uh oh, yeah. bugs bunny and you know those are fun treasured memories that i have yeah and i used to do crazy stuff like go in the woods with a, a pickle jar and i would collect every species of bug that i could find and have like a tourium you know uh -huh. yeah when all the kids were out doing other things you know i was yeah. I wanted to be a scientist. Okay. I wanted to study science, biology, and zoology. You know, I had a really strong interest in that. I had a pretty good, a pretty good childhood. But art kind of drew you away from that as you got older. Mm, you might say that, sure. And then I started getting interested in girls. You know. And, that took a lot of my time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and money. Even money, yeah. <laughs> but it was, I, there was a period in my life where I, I didn't paint for two years because I was interested in girls. And I met my wife, and I told her one, I told her one day I was going to paint her portrait. She didn't even know I was an artist, you know. And uh, she held me to it, too. Does <laughs> <laughs> she still have it? Yeah, I do. And uh, and and I went downtown to paint Eighth and Olive. My kid, my two daughters were real small, and we go down there with lawn chairs and my equipment, and I set up on the sidewalk, and I would paint the entire landscape. Come here, let me show you. And that's when I got my first television interview. We go down there, and I set up. You know exactly where to go here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is Eighth and Olive thing is huge. This is painted in 78. Okay. Wow. It's titled At the Towers Floors. I recognize the buildings there. Mm -hmm. A lot of detail. A ton of detail. I love this with the there's nobody in the windows of that building, and then on like the eighth floor, there's some guy kind of leaning out the window there. Right, yeah. That's very cool. Everybody's doing something different. It's a typical day, you know, you have a, a nice variety of, of people, you know, black and white. Mm hmm. And try to keep it balanced, you know. That was a, a 1998 Cadillac Seville. It was brand new. I, I yeah. see, I see, yeah, there. <laughs> You got all the detail on that one. Oh, yeah. I got lots and lots of paintings. See, there's another cartoon character. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
There's one back there. Yeah. You see how many different styles I come up with? Yeah, yeah. And here's a series of abstracts. That's the one, Crystal City, I was telling you about. The okay, of the flooded 93, 93 yeah. A dog on top of the car there. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting. Kind of creepy, too. And just for my mother. Kind of a monochromatic, almost. Right. Mm -hmm. Abstracts. Mm -hmm. Now, how old are these? These are fairly new. Okay. Mm -hmm. See, so you still got that abstract streak going in you. Yeah. This from my wife. Going through some hard times, we were separated, and I was in my portable studio, and I painted this for her. This is a painting. It's a fall painting. Mm-hmm. Where is this location? I made it up. Yeah. Wow. Because you got some nice stone here. Got the wild turkeys and the deers. Yeah. It's a. It was a. It was a really uh, touching painting. My heart was in pain, and I. I wanted to paint my way out of my problem and I painted this. That's very interesting. Do you see this as kind of like you were wandering here in the forest, kind of looking for a way out? Actually, I felt that I was in that painting. This is titled The Serenity in My Storm. Mm. Mm. That's an interesting abstract. That's, this, is, uh, this is an invasion of UFOs. This one's crash landed. Yeah. So what gives you the thought process or kind of your mind where you would paint the Martian landing one versus, you know, painting the mountain scene like we're looking at here? You know, it's hard to answer. It's hard to answer whatever I feel like, you know. And I, you know, you ask yourself, where do you start doing something brand new like that? Completely off, off the grid, you know. I I cannot tell you. I, I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It's, it's spiritual, you know. Mm -hmm. So I always ask this question of artists. What suggestions do you have for kids who really have a, a gift and a tendency, or maybe they want to be an artist? It's not something I know that you make a bunch of money on. Uh, but you have to have a real, like you mentioned earlier, a passion to follow through with these things. What suggestions or what uh, words of encouragement would you give to someone? I would recommend to young artists to stay in school, get their education. You know, and if they want to pursue a career in art, consider being a commercial artist or an instructor to be a freelance artist like myself. Is a very difficult road. You go through a lot of pain, a lot of heartache. You, you heard the phrase "starving artist." That applies. That's surreal. Um, we've been through some very difficult times, but we made it. You know, um, to be a freelance artist, it takes a certain kind of individual. You know person willing to sacrifice a lot, you know, but going to the commercial field or being an instructor, you get a check every week, you know, right, and that's, that's what makes a difference, 
So when you even do these art classes, you know the uh, sip and dip and the the paint and sip, paint and sip, yeah, right? mm -hmm. to it supplement is, to keep in. It sure does. It sure does. Yeah. My daughters came up with this idea, and I I was against it at first, you know. But after thinking about it, I said, well, "That's a wonderful way to have an, an additional income, and you get a great deal of exposure." You know, so we've been doing this for about uh, four years, about four years now, and uh, I love it. You know, it's a lot of fun. It's very cool. Very cool. Dexter, thank you very much. I appreciate you talking to me today. It was my pleasure. Thank you. The pictures that I've seen that he's done, and I, I, it's radio, it's unfortunate, we can't show them. It's unbelievable, folks. I, you really should go to his website. It does look like Norman Rockwell stuff. How he has gone unnoticed for these many years is beyond me. Yeah. This yeah. guy is very talented. He's very talented and self-taught, you know. That's it's an it's, amazing gentleman, right? Yeah, it really is. And he has uh, the personality and character to back back all that up. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please take time to like and share this and other episodes of St. Louis in Tune that can be found on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. St. Louis in Tune is produced in cooperation with KWRH 92.9 FM and Motif Media Group. Thank you for listening. I'm Arnold Strickland.